Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Good morning. My name is Hector, and I will be your conference facilitator today. At this time, I would like to welcome everyone to Mandalay Resources Corporation's third quarter 2020 financial results conference call. At this time, all participants are in a listen-only mode. A question and answer session will follow the formal presentation. If anyone should require operator assistance during the conference, please press star zero on your telephone keypad. As a reminder, this call is being recorded. This call contains forward-looking statements which reflect the current expectations or beliefs of the company based on information currently available to the company. Forward-looking statements are subject to a number of risks and uncertainties that may cause the actual results of the company to differ materially from those discussed in the forward-looking statements. Factors that could cause actual results or events to differ materially from the current expectations are disclosed under the heading risk factors and elsewhere in the company's annual information form dated March 30, 2020, available on CDAR and the company's website. Joining us on the call today is Dominic Duffy, President, Chief Executive Officer, and Director of Mandalay Resources. Please go ahead, sir. Thank you, Hector. Uh, good morning, everyone, and thank you for joining us today. Um, with me on the call today is Nick Dwyer, Mandalay's Chief Financial Officer. Um, before getting into any financials, I'd just like to state that any dollar amounts, unless otherwise state, are in US dollars. Um, so Mandalay released its third quarter 2020 financial results at market close yesterday. You can find our consolidated financial statements and MDNA on the Mandalay Resources website and also under our profile on setr.com. Uh, Mandalay Resources had an outstanding third quarter in 2020. We leveraged another strong quarter of operational performance, a 16% year-over-year increase in realised gold prices, and, and good cost control to deliver one of our best quarters on record. Before we get into our operations, um, I just wanted to take a moment to speak about just how significant this quarter was for the company. Compared to the third quarter in 2019, our third quarter in 2020, we grew our quarterly revenue by 73% to $50 million. We more than quadrupled our quarterly adjusted EBITDA to $27 million. We grew our consolidated production by 54% and lowered our cash and all-in sustaining costs by 30% and 27% respectively. We generated an, an adjusted net income of $9.8 million, or 11 cents per share, and we generated quarterly net cash flows and operate, from operating activities of $29 million and $17 million in free cash flow. To put this quarter into perspective, our revenue was the highest it's been since the second quarter of 2016, which was when we had three producing mines, and our free cash flow for the quarter 
was approximately 15% of the market cap of the company as of this morning. Our adjusted quarterly EBITDA was the second highest in the company's history. We've been producing since the end of 2009. So for the Q3 2020 EBITDA to be the second highest out of plus 40, month, no, 40 quarters, that is extremely impressive. While I'm pleased with Q3 results, what I find most significant is that we have carried out our turnaround plan for 2020 in the manner which we have been highlighting to our investors for quite a period of time. So Mandalay has turned the corner. The company has now demonstrated four consecutive quarters of dramatic operational and financial improvement. This includes four straight quarters of consolidated saleable gold production improvements and also three straight quarters where Mandalay has grown its revenue, EBITDA and adjusted net income. This continued and sustained performance highlights not only the successful execution of our operational turnaround strategy at Costafield, uh, which was to reach, develop and ramp up high-grade production at Yule, but also demonstrates our positive growth trajectory going forward. With three quarters completed, we are well positioned to meet our upwardly, upwardly revised consolidated production guidance of 100 to 109 ounces of gold equivalent. So I'll turn to our operations now. On a consolidated basis, we produced 25,664 ounces of saleable gold equivalents. Uh, cash and all in sustaining costs of 826 and 1,355 per ounce respectively. The company's consolidated production was driven in large part by Costafield, which continues to deliver high quality, low cost production from the Yule vein. In the third quarter of 2020, Costafield produced 11,749 ounces of saleable gold and 991 tonnes of saleable antimony for 14,620 ounces of gold equivalent. This is a major improvement over the same period in 2019, where Costafield produced 3,103 ounces of gold, 402 tonnes of antimony, and 4,747 ounces of gold equivalent. Costafield's cash cost per ounce of gold equivalent production was 657, down 64, $657, down 64% from the year ago quarter, and all in sustaining costs were $1,088, significantly lower than Q3 2019. This resulted in a record quarterly EBITDA, adjusted EBITDA, for Costafield of $18.8 million, which surpassed the previous record of $15.4 million set last quarter. Uh, the uplift in production and reduced costs were largely grade driven, as our process grades averaged 11.5 grams per tonne and 4.1% antimony. We expect to see similar production profile for Costafield in the fourth quarter of 2020. And while we have yet to release our 2021 guidance, we expect to see cost of fair production increasing in 2021 as stoping is ramped up in the Yule vein. At Bjorkdal, we delivered another quarter of stable profitable performance. 
the mine produced 11,044 ounces of gold in the third quarter of 2020, which was slightly lower than the 11,880 ounces produced in the third quarter of 2019. Um, cash and all-in sustaining costs were slightly higher at Bjorkdal as well, at 1,051 and $1,505 per ounce, respectively versus 941 and 1,332 per ounce a year ago. This resulted in a quarterly revenue of $21.9 million and $9.6 million in adjusted EBITDA in the third quarter of 2020. As you know, we have shifted our operating strategy at Bjorkdal to focus on maximizing the delivery of higher margin ore feed to the mill this means boosting the overall mix of high-grade underground ore and some supplementing the mill capacity with low-cost, low-grade stockpile ore. This tra transition is still underway, though. We are working to ramp up production and haulage of underground ore with the goal of delivering at least 1 million tonnes of underground ore to the mill per annum. And we are developing further into the high-grade, low levels of the aurora zone. We expect Bjorkdor's performance, both operationally and financially, to improve as we ex execute this strategy. Overall, our, performance, our, our operations are in a very good, in a very strong position. I can say they're stable and growing. They are performing well in generating significant cash with additional upside to come. We look forward to delivering further information on our 2021 production outlook when we release the guidance in January. Um, also subsequent to quarter end, we also had some exciting exploration success that I'd like to touch on. A few weeks ago, we announced some excellent results from our drilling at Costa Field at the high-grade yield deposit, uh, which will help to continue growing this deposit. We encountered significant high gold grades at depth, confirming our expectation that the deposit is growing at depth and adds more high grade mine life to the cost field operation. Some of the grades we intercepted, approximately 100 metres below the current yule mining operations, were extremely high. Some highlights include 99.8 grams per tonne. Uh, of tonne of gold over a true width of 0.3 centimetres, uh, 60.3 grams per tonne of gold over a true width of 24 centimetres, and 144 grams per tonne of gold over a true width of 57 uh, centimetres. We are also continuing extension drilling to the north of Yule. Some of the intercept highlights are 84 grams per tonne of gold and 53% antimony over a true width of 44 centimetres, 186 grams per tonne of gold and 37% antimony over a true width of 27 centimetres and 214 grams per tonne of gold over a true width of 18 centimetres, which is the deepest hole drilled down plunge uh, on your to date which shows the significant uh, potential for depth extension with, within this yield deposit. Our exploration program also indicated um, the potential for discovery of a mineable mineral in the Minerva Reef, 
which is within the same system as the Yulvane and in close proximity to the current operations there. They're around 50 metres above the current infrastructure and this area has already been dewatered. Um, adding in a separate mining area close to Yule is especially interesting as it, is not, it not only adds to Costafield's mine life but it also would be very low capital for us um, to bring it into production. Um, before we turn, turn it over for questions, um, I'd like to lay out the company's priorities over the next 12 months. Uh, we, we currently have four main areas that we're going to focus on. Firstly, we want to maximise our cash flow from our operations. Uh, we definitely want to take full advantage of this record high gold price environment. This means continuing to grow our production at both Costafield and Bjorkdal. We've seen a significant lift in year-over-year -year production versus 2019 and we expect a production uplift to continue in 2021. Next, we want to unlock further value and extend mine life through exploration. At Costafield, uh, this is extending the mine life of the high-grade yield deposit and locking, unlocking other value through new discoveries, whether that be Minerva, Browns, or other targets planned to be drilled over the coming year. At Bjorkdal, our objective is to continue to delineate and grow Aurora and other high-grade ore sources, focusing on debt extensions uh, to the north uh, of Aurora. Oh, sorry, debt extensions and to the north of Aurora. Our third priority is de-risking our balance sheet. Um, we plan to significantly strengthen our balance sheet in the coming quarters. As of quarter end, our debt position was $62 million. Our improved operations and cash generation allowed us to grow our cash position from $21 million to $33 million quarter over quarter. We expect this trend to continue and we are very well positioned to be net debt free during 2021. Lastly, our balance sheet has been de-risking. We will turn our, as our um, we will turn our attention to reinvesting cash in growth opportunities. They will continue to strengthen the business and surface value for our shareholders as we go forward. Yeah. Thank you, everyone. This concludes my presentation. Um, we can now turn it over to the back to Hector for any questions. Thank you. If you would like to ask a question, please press star one on your telephone keypad. A confirmation tone will indicate your line is in a question queue. You may press star two if you would like to remove your question from the queue. For participants using speaker equipment, it may be necessary to pick up your handset before pressing the star keys. One moment, please, while we poll for questions. Your first question comes from the line of Robert Plump with Private Investor. Please proceed with your question. Hey guys, congratulations on the good quarter, the production numbers and the cash flow. It's a tremendous quarter and a, and a testament to all your guys' hard work in these difficult times. Uh, my first question is about taxes. Uh, can you tell me uh, a little bit more about that? What do you um, 
does the company have a tax loss carry forward from all the uh, prior year's losses? Um, can you just give me a little bit more color about that, please? Yeah, I might hand that question over to our CFO um, there, Robert. Um, Nick, if you want to jump in. Yep, thanks for that. Um, so we we have, so obviously the two mines, I'll start with Costa Field in Australia first. Um, the the mine there, we, we obviously had a, um, not the best 2019, so there were uh, accumulated losses that we, we were running up over that period. However, um, due to the, I guess, the stellar 2020 that we've seen from Cost of field, we we do expect to be in a um, a tax um, a tax payable position um, in in 2020. However, we we are intending on um, uh, on having the we also have the hedges as well, um, which um, they'll they'll be in the uh, in in cost of field at that time. So there is a potential to offset um, some of those, some of the hedging um, payments that we've made throughout the period to, to offset that. So it's a, it is a bit of an un unknown at this stage, but we, um, for, for 2020, I think we're, um, we'll be sort of, um, won't be paying tax, but it'll be going into next year that we that we have the, the potential to. Um, a similar position for, for Bjorkdal. Um, in Sweden, it's a it's a slightly slightly different tax system where you can defer profits, but um, we do, we don't expect any profits in in Bjorkdal, um, or any taxable profits in Bjorkdal to be material over over the next few years. Okay, very good, thank you. Also, can you speak as to the uh, light remaining lives of the mines, uh, particularly with Costerfield? When you guys purchased it, I think it had a life of just a, a couple years. And specifically, has Costerfield ever had more than three years worth of uh, reserves? Um, yeah, Robert, pretty much three years is a limit that we've always hit up against um, with our reserves. When Mandalay purchased it in 2009, it had zero reserves. So. They have gradually been growing, so I, I think you'd find with the success of the most rec recent drilling in um, Yule, I'd be confident in saying we've um, pretty much got four years of life confirmed in front of us. Um, I do hope that we'll get further depth extensions um, from Yule. However, we've been drilling start. We have been drilling Browns. Um, that definitely has potential to turn into a next deposit. Um, Yule could get a, oh sorry, Minerva up above Yule could get us another year or two. But I definitely am confident of being able to add life through new discoveries uh, um, and possibly some more in Yule as well. Um, we have slowed down our drilling at Browns as of late because of the success of the drilling down deeper into um, Yule, growing that. We have moved both most of our rigs back there so I was hoping to have more information soon on Browns but that's been um, pushed back as a result of the success on your Okay yeah you guys have done a, a tremendous job I think one of the problems that uh, casual investors come across is they think that the, the mines do not have that much more life left to them when in actuality uh, they probably do. So, um, yeah. you know, ho 
hopefully that'll be, you know, people will realize, you know, the the actual true quality going forward. Uh, My next question is, and I know it's pretty hard to quantify, but your levels of capital uh, expenditures here for the past couple quarters, are those uh, what you would consider normalized or are they a little bit uh, uh, larger than usual? Um, you know, what, what can we kind of expect going forward? Um, they're, they're definitely inflated at the moment um, and will be next year as well. So the big capital cost we have over the, the 2020 and 2021 is a significant tailings dam lift at Bjorkdal. So that's costing us approximately $20 million, so a little under 10 this year and probably slightly over 10 next year. Um, that lift gets us 10 years' life at Bjorkdal TSF, so following on from that, um, you can pretty much eliminate that $10 million spend at Bjorkdal per annum over these two years, and you'll see a reduction in our um, capital from 2022 going forward. Um, so that's why I do say they are inflated. Um, at cost of field, it's, it is um, pretty stable um, capital at the moment, although we are doing capital development. So because the, we don't have our own um, capital development jumbo rig on site, when um, we bring in contractors, do all the capital development, um, then that contract finishes and we'll probably have a year without capital development occurring. And that costs us around about $9 million per annum. Um, we would expect our current program of capital development, development to finish in the first quarter of next year. And then that gives us a year period um, with no capital development and $9 million less before you'd look at bringing another contractor in for capital development. Okay, very good, thank you. And uh, last question here. Uh, In 2021, you guys anticipate becoming net debt uh, neutral or having an actual cash position. After um, your cash exceeds your debt, do you have any plans for reinitiating a dividend, or can you speak to that at all, please? Yeah, yep. Um, so, yeah, obviously we are restrained at the moment with the debt. Um, in the covenants, we are unable to pay dividends. That is definitely something we would look at um, once we are net debt-free again. Um, obviously, it's a trade-off through trying to grow the company through other means, um, possible acquisitions or the likes, or... Um, even investing further in exploration. Um, but it's definitely a discussion that you know, uh, will be ongoing at board level, and it is possible that we would re-implement a dividend going forward. Okay, very good. Thank you, gentlemen, and congratulations on the, on the excellent quarter. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Robert. Thanks, Robert. As a reminder, if you'd like to ask a question, please press star one on your telephone keypad. As a reminder, if you'd like to ask a question, please press star one on your telephone keypad. One moment, please, while we pull for questions. Your next question comes from the line of Peter Frazier with West Face Capital. Please proceed with your question. Uh, good morning, Dominic, um, and 
just like Robert, I'll congratulate you on a great quarter. I think what was even more impressive in the quarter is you had uh, uh, described to us uh, over a year ago um, where we would get to by by Q3 and of 2020, and I think you've exceeded that. So congratulations to the entire team at uh, Mandalay. What I'm also excited about is um, you were saying you anticipate further improvement in the fourth quarter in cost or field. And maybe you could just sort of describe, uh, it just had a little more color to that that statement there. Yeah, so you, you'll see there be a larger increase in 2021, but yeah, we do still anticipate some further growth in the fourth quarter because um, little by little, you're always becoming even more predominant of the four, uh, feed source. So probably in the third quarter, approximately 80% of the material was coming from mule. Um, that'll be getting up to the mid-80s in Q4. And also we are slowly increasing our stoping. Um, so the stopes, because they're narrower than the actual development drives because these are all very narrow veins, um, the grades of our stopes are higher grade than the grades of our development drives. So it's just a transition of from uh, development to production. And that's where we get our further grade lift. So that's it. I wouldn't expect it to be very significant in quarter four, but um, we do anticipate, yes, a, a slight increase as well. Okay. And uh, could you just describe a little bit more about um, Minerva, uh, what your plan is to figure out whether that's worth going after uh, hard? And, um, you know, it's very exciting to see that the drilling results at depth, but I'm just sort of, um, uh, I, I just like a little more of your, your, your description of what, how you will go after Minerva. Yeah, definitely. So, um, our focus at the moment is deeper drilling at cost of uh, yule because we focus firstly on the shorter term material. So that material would be mining before Minerva. Um, but we do have one machine slowly drilling into Minerva. Um, it's, it's an unknown at the moment because there's not enough holes into it. But what we do have does show that there is quite a bit of continuity. And this is, I say it's the same system as um, Yule because it's actually fed from, uh, there's a main fault that is part of the mineralization. And so this um, Yule is below this fault and Minerva, and then this fault becomes mineralized um, as you continue to go up and then the mineralization becomes more vertical as it passes into this Minerva vein. So it's only approximately 50 metres away from Yule. The reason we hadn't really seen it earlier is because it's in the footwall of what we've been drilling historically. So we've been drilling from the wrong angle that we never passed through it. Um, so it's extremely exciting because of its proximity um, and it's a it's a con lateral continuation of the old Costafield mine and what they used to mine there. And it's a vertical continuation of yield. So we have confidence that, um, yeah, we should be able to 
find uh, mineable reserve within this Minerva. But um, we, we, you won't be getting the results very quickly because our focus is again on um, adding this on, to this area down deep to the north and south of yule that we have drilled. But I don't think we'll be having enough information on it this year to put out another release, but I would expect early in the new year. Perfect. Well, thank you very much. No, thank you, Peter. Your next question comes from line of Ernie Malesh with Private Investor. Please proceed with your question. Uh, thank you. Uh, uh, congrats on a great uh, quarter. Uh, I was a little bit uh, surprised by the amount of tax that uh, you guys had to pay. Um, is is the tax rate in Australia 39%? Because uh, that's what it uh, works out to uh, as a percentage of your income. Yeah, I'll hand that one over to Nick also, Ernie. No, it's actually um, it's it's thirty percent, Ernie. What um, I think what you're seeing there is um, uh, is the is the prior period true up from uh, from last year. So when we when we lodge last year's return, there's always a, a sort of true up with the way it works. So. Um, it, it, that's the. Uh, I think that's the effective interest rate, but the the actual interest rate that we're paying um, uh, on on our on our taxes is is thirty percent. Um, and I did fail to mention earlier, it's um, it's around twenty two percent for Sweden, just um, just out of interest. But um, yeah, that, the the main reason it is slightly higher this period was because of the because of the prior period um, true up from uh, from twenty twenty nineteen. Thank you. And the, the second question I have is, uh, are you still planning to put in an ore sorter in uh, Sweden to uh, uh, increase the effective ore grades there? Uh, Dom, you might be on mute if you're... Um... And... Yeah, sorry about that. Um, sorry, uh, in 2021, we're not currently contemplating that because our... Our focus for capital expenditure will be on um, mainly exploration at both of our sites. Um, I do anticipate we'll see a significant ramp up in our exploration um, at Costafield and also increases at Bjorkdal. We just feel at the current time with the capital we have available, we can add more value to the company um, than putting in optical or sorting because you're looking at the margins of or sorting it is profitable for us um, by doing it. It has a payback period of a couple of years. Um, but you know, we, uh, we still do want to add more life at Costafield, and that's, that'll be our capital priority for next year. Okay, so there's, uh, there's uh, more of a bang for the buck going after the higher-grade ore, right? Uh, yeah, definitely. I, I think there's more value for the company in um, growing the Costafield mine life and finding a high-grade mineralization at Bjorkdal. Okay, great, thanks. Yep. No, thanks, Annie. Ladies and gentlemen, we have reached the end of the question and answer session, and I'd like to turn the call back to Mr. Dominic Duffy for closing remarks. Thanks, Hector. Um, before we disconnect, uh, I would like to just give a special thanks to um, and thank you to the Mandalay team for their contributions uh, to delivering such a strong result and ensuring that the company could be placed in such a strong position. 
Um, and I look forward to updating the market on future progress and hope everybody has a great day. Thanks, Hector. This concludes today's conference. You may disconnect your lines at this time. Thank you for your participation. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.